can I keep it at my dog's place? Girl, I left you loving magic, now it's all shade. Still going bad on you anyway. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ah. I can feel like 80 rats in my Marys. Me and Drizzy back to back is getting scary. If you fucking with my eyes, just don't come near me. Such a good Put album. Champions? Champions. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. There was some fire music that yeah. dropped last week. There was. Like, fire. We got it. And then, and then 21 Savage completely forgot to drop his album. <laughs> <laughs> Do you blame him? He forgets things. These people forget things. Anyways, uh, this is the Last Word Podcast. Uh, I am Angela Lippa. I'm Steve Artabello. Uh, in case you didn't know what that song was, it's Meek Milk Going Bad featuring Drake. I didn't think in 2018 we'd ever say Meek and Drake on a song together. Once they kind of squashed the beef. But they though, squashed was, the beef. You know what I mean? Like It was probably going to happen because they're both pretty big and you knew there was going to be something. And the beef was squashed and now they're all happy. And, and both want to money. They want big money. Do you blame them? I don't blame them. Oh, I, I love money. That's why. Exactly. All right. We'll give it to the Oh, that's why I'm saying. Like, I, It doesn't surprise me because the amount of cash yeah. these two together could make, and we're seeing it. And we'll get money. We'll talk about money and, and our picks against the spread as uh, um, the Colts won for me. Oh, yeah. That's right. They continue the, they continue. Uh, now another continue team, the gambling. Another team. Yeah. They kind of fluked out of wit. But. You want to start? We're going to kick, kick the show no, off with this? No, or? I can't. I can't do it. I, I They... <laughs> I'm so angry. Okay, I'll get into. And it's this. just gonna stew. It's gonna stew the first couple of segments. Stew. They haven't earned the right to bat lead off on the show after their performance. All right, them. I'm not even using their name. Them. Oh, that's good. I'm angry. I'm like a dad who just got his son's report card. No, no, because then no, because no, the standard parents thing is I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Oh, I'm disappointed. And it just hurts worse than being angry. I'm disappointed. I'm angry. I'm upset. Oh, frustrated. Oh, I don't. I, I, I'm gonna have to look up some words in between. Just segments. about speechless here. Just speechless. Anyways, um, we'll start off with some MLB news. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, probably the best first baseman in all of baseball. Uh, yes. Uh, traded to the St. Louis Cardinals for Luke Weaver, Carson Kelly, and Andy Young. And what the GM of the Arizona Diamondbacks called Mike Hazen, not a move that we're planning on tearing everything down. But isn't this it's basically begun? Isn't this the step you take when you're you're building, you're getting so, rid of it? So you traded your best player, and your second best player is a free agent right now. Mm-hmm. Now Paul Goldschmidt is on the other side of thirty. So at least you got something for him. However, however, now if you're hearing Paul Goldschmidt's name and you don't necessarily know who we're talking about, just just type that name into Fangraphs or Baseball Reference and take a look at the numbers. Paul Goldschmidt is one of the best players in the game. He's an Arizona. He was an Arizona Diamondback, so you don't see him a lot. This is a first baseman who, by the way, he's like six four. He's like two hundred and forty pounds. He can steal thirty bases. He can hit three hundred. His on base is near 400. His slugging is near six. He does damn near everything. He has a 30 30 season and he's built like a refrigerator. (laughs) Seriously, he's one of the best players in baseball. And not just offensively. I know he's a first baseman. It's hard to quantify defense at first. He's a consistent Golden Glover. And if you watch him play, because I feel with a lot of, especially with first base, a lot of that is more of like, okay, what do they look like around the bag? You can gen range, defensive run, save. Those make mm-hmm. sense at different positions. 
a shortstop, you can see the range. You can see it with an outfielder, right? You you know. Yeah. With the first baseman, it's a little different. But when you watch Paul Goldschmidt play first base, you go, wow, that guy's really damn yeah. good. He's like the wind. He covers a lot of the field. He's everywhere. He's, a, he's everywhere. He's a machine. And, you know, pretty much consistent, except for, I'd say, last season, pretty much a 100 RBI guy, easily. I don't think that's and, his fault, because there's not enough know, guys in front had, of him. He had 83 RBIs. Hits 30-plus home runs pretty much every time except for one year in 2016, and he still had 95 RBIs. Gets on base a ton. Ton of hits. Except for last year. There isn't a year, you have to go back to 2014, where he didn't play as many games that he didn't have at least 100 hits and 100 runs. Or sorry, over 150 hits and over 100 runs. He is ridiculous. He's a, like... The Cardinals just got a nice weapon for them to help at least contend against the Cubs, who, yeah, they're the Cubs. They're really good. But Joe Madden might be out at the end of the year. Depending, their pitching needs their some pitching help. Their pitching needs help. Their bullpen needs help. That you Darvish that was albatross of a contract <laughs> is just He didn't pitch he last didn't pitch. year. He well, he, pitch he did. He pitched like 20-some-odd innings. And who knows if he pitches this year. Yeah. Nope. I, I had you Darvish for the fantasy people out there. You've had if you've had you Darvish, you know the joys of you Darvish. He's a machine K guy. Oh yeah, you know like low ERA, low WHIP. He gets wins because he's you Darvish. But then you know of the you Darvish that was always hurt. And if you're in a keeper league and you got you Darvish, basically he was occupying a DL spot at least three times during your season. You Darvish is about 160 inning pitcher. Yeah. If he was healthy all the time, he's easy. He, he would put up 220 in it. He goes yeah. seven in it. He goes deep into games. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't start 30 games a season. So now for the Cardinals, they give up. Guy like Luke Weaver, young arm. But for the, the Cardinals who have yeah. so many, not just starting pitchers, young, talented starting yeah. pitchers, it's this was something you, you could afford to trade out of this It's pool. A, uh, what, a plethora. You, they had a plethora oh, God. Of, of young arms in their book. Jack Flaherty, yeah. Alex Reyes, Michael Walker. Like there's, they have yeah. guys for days. And then you have veterans like Miles Mikolas, who they pulled out of Korea, who was ridiculous last year. So they had plenty of guys. And you know what? Luke Weaver, his debut in the big leagues was amazing. Two years ago, he pitched about 70 innings. They were really good. There's last t- year, his first full season... Not as good, but he's getting acclimated to the big leagues. Like so there's going to be some ups and downs. Uh, last year for Mr. Luke Weaver, he had a, an ERA that was almost five, which isn't the best. He did pitch 30 games, which is you know what you want. Only 136 innings, 150 hits given up, 83 runs, uh, 19 homers, which is not bad. Not bad. Only walked 54 guys. 121 strikeouts. He's like, also got good stuff. So, like he throws hard. He's mm-hmm. got a good breaking ball. He he's got an okay changeup. Yeah. He's got a nice mix, and he's young. So this is the, like for for the Cardinals, they did all right. Carson Kelly yeah. has been one of the top catching prospects in baseball. And then they tried to the, then the Cardinals tried to hey welcome to the big leagues. You're going to learn the big leagues and catch twice a month because our catcher is Yadi Molina yeah. who does not take days off. So they didn't really use Carson Kelly. So I can understand why you'd want to move him or why you could move him because he has a substantial value. And the third player, Young, is a he's a reliever. 
No, he's a second baseman. He's a second baseman? Second I guess baseman. I'm missing him up to somebody. So he's, a, he's, a, he's a, I'll call him a infield utility man playing all but first base. Oh, okay. So, so utility. I thought I could have sworn that was a they, they added a, like a young kid with a like a big no, fastball. The only pitcher was Luke Weaver that they gave up. And, you know, for uh, Mr. Andy Young, really high A ball, played a little double A last year. But not. He's the third piece of this. The main piece, it, you got Luke Weaver, Carson Kelly, and this is the third guy. Yeah. So what happens after this? Well, for for St. Louis, the goal will be hopefully to try to re-sign Paul Goldschmidt to keep him in St. Louis for, I want to say, eight years at least. Well, as long as you can get him as to stay. As long as you can get him to stay. Nowadays, eight years for someone past 30 isn't That's something you thing. see very often, so I don't know if you'll see eight. Yeah. Could be a six, seven-year deal if they, if they re-sign. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, is Paul Goldschmidt could also be like, ah, I want to go to the AL and play DH and not be an everyday well, he's a he's a first like he's a first baseman, and he can like DH once in a while. I think you could see potentially a move to the AL after this if he doesn't sign with an NL team, if he doesn't sign with the Cardinals as well. Who that first? Who that team could be? Pfft, the I hate to use the the name. No, it is not the New York Yankees. Uh, the uh, Boston. I don't even Red want to Sox. think about him as a Red Sox. Don't even. <laughs> don't bring that up. Or who knows? Maybe the Tampa Bay Rays with their new stadium and TV deal and everything. Sure, you know what? Sure, maybe them. Sure. Hey, go to Tampa. Go to Tampa. Bye. You'll hit the roof so Just much. Don't go it to won't Boston. Be fun. The love of God. Don't go to Boston. But I do like the deal. I I like the deal more for for St. Louis. Yeah. Then and then anything because you do get Paul Goldschmidt, you do get a chance to push for the playoffs and push to you know not only make the Cubs life a living hell, but also I forgot about them is the Milwaukee Brewers who are coming off um, a Cinderella run. Yeah, really. That's that's basically Cinderella what that was. Run like they weren't like they didn't really besides Yelich being the hottest player in baseball in the second half. What were they? They were an interestingly put together team. Yeah, we talked about we talked about it. In they a went all podcasts. offense. They went weird. They went bullpen okay. offense. They they kind of avoided starting pitching. It got them pretty damn far. I'll give them credit. Hey, now another thing: St. Louis is a massive market. They're a traditional. They're a historic franchise. They essentially think they created baseball. One of the nicest. They've been around. Baseball. Oh, it's one of the nicest. And that's another dreams. one. It hasn't changed in years. No. Like the Cardinals jersey. It's just they're a classic franchise. And Paul Goldschmidt, who is one of the most underrated players in the world because he plays for the Diamondbacks and there's 17 teal jerseys. If you don't know what I mean, they actually have like, I think it's, thir- they had like 13 jerseys last year and they got teal and weird animated. They got a brown. Ah, I got some weird they shit. They got a Bergen, burgundy. Just type in Arizona Diamondbacks jerseys and you'll see what we mean. I'm good. So now, so now Goldie gets to go to a premier franchise, a place that draws a lot of media attention. And baseball fans that don't get to see him are going to be introduced to one of the best players in the game. Since, uh, just to put it this way, since Mike Trout has joined the league, he is obviously number one in war. Number two, Paul Goldschmidt. That's impressive. Very impressive. He's very good. He's going to get a chance for people to notice him. However, the rest of that Cardinals team, this is going to move Matt Carpenter back to third. Carpenter's not really a good defender. I think they got Paul DeYoung as their shortstop. Not a great defender. Their outfield, Harrison Bader can really run the ball down. 
But Dexter Fowler, who they signed in the offseason two years ago, thank God he's not a Blue Jay. I was actually really angry when he didn't sign, but thank God he chose St. Louis to be terrible there. Isn't it funny how things work out like that? He's not a great defender. Neither is Marcelo Zuno, who they got this time last year, who's in the other corner. So they got a little, they got a few issues defensively. Now, offensively, what Carpenter did to end the year, plus now Goldschmidt, Yaddy's still Yaddy. He's still consistent. Oh, by the way, DeYoung can hit some bombs too. Ozuna can't. Like, the offense here. Great offense. Oh, yeah. And Goldie does everything for you. Gets on base, hits for power, hits for average, steals bags. He literally does everything. Last year, the base stealing slowed down a little bit. But again, he's 30 years old and he's built like a refrigerator. So at some point, 30-30, it was going to slow down. Eventually, it's going to slow down. Uh, We are officially in baseball silly season, though. We record these on Tuesdays. So we don't know what's happening. Who knows? Any minute now, um, the Mets could do something crazy like trade Noah Syndergaard to across. I swear across to God, the river. This trade happens. If you're if you're listening to this, you're probably a sports fan, which means you probably got that update from I don't know, MLB at bat, all the different things. Sorry for kicking the table since you okay. can hear that through the the, vi- the reverberations of the microphone. But if you the very the score various sports apps that you would have you would have gotten the notification that apparently the three team trade is being discussed between the Mets the Yankees and the Marlins and I don't understand how the Mets would trade Noah Syndergaard three years of club control and one of the best pitchers in baseball who throws a hundred and three on a fairly regular basis I like J T Realmuto. This is who's rumored to be moving from the Marlins. He's one of the best catchers in baseball. He's very good defensively. He's very good offensively. And I mean, I would argue, considering the catching position is s- like so depressed offensively, he might be a top five offensive catcher in the game. However, with two years of club control, I don't understand how that's the trade you would make because you want real Mudo, but you would give Thor to the Yankees? To get real Mudo? What? Why? 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 You're still not... You're One, you're not winning that trade, and two, you're giving him to the Yankees. Why, you ask, Mr. Artavello? Is because they are the Mets. They didn't want to trade DeGrom during the season <laughs> to the Yankees because it was the Yankees. And now you're going to trade Thor? Well, they're getting Ray Mudo. With more control? They're getting Ray Mudo. Well, then why not trade him directly to the Marlins? Because that deal doesn't make any sense. You're still you still wouldn't give up Syndergaard for Real Muto. I wouldn't anyways, and I love Real Muto. I would give up lots of things for JT Real Muto. Noah Syndergaard is not one of them. But then to not just make that trade, but to somehow keep Thor in New York and give him to the Yankees. I don't understand how why this was a thing that was brought up. I feel like maybe this is something that Cashman just slipped out there. It's like, ah, oh, by the way, maybe this is something that I'm doing. And then, like, I would assume that the new Mets GM, that former player agent, got on the phone and was like, Brian, don't know what you're smoking. This isn't happening. Click. I would hope. Brody Van Wagen. Wagen. Wagen? Wagen. Wagen. Brody Van Wagen? Brody Van Wagen. All right, Brody, listen. Listen here. Listen, Brody. Okay. It's a very simple process to send Noah Syndergaard to Yankee Stadium. No, it's not. The, you take the 7 train from City Field. You looked up this, didn't you? You're, you're staring oh, at the, yeah. the, the map, aren't oh, you? Oh, yeah, 100%. You take the 7 train and you get off um, at, let's see here, where is it? And you get off at Roosevelt Avenue. It's a short one-minute walk 
to the E train. You jump on the E train, you get off at 7th Avenue, and you take the 7th Avenue and the D train all the way up to Yankee Stadium. It's a 55-minute subway ride. It's a little long, but it's okay. Let me save you some time. (laughs) How about you just do not trade him to the New York Yankees? Or you can Uber it for 16 minutes and it's a lot faster. (laughs) Or you cannot trade him (laughs) to the New York Yankees. I needed to have. I I want it to happen just to get your reaction, and I wish it would happen like right now, like instantly. But it's probably not going to happen. And it better not happen ever. Here's why: the Brian Cashman said he's already out on uh, Bryce Harper because they have six outfielders, and where am I going to stick him? I'm not not, gonna, not for space. I really don't have space for him. If Thank they prob- if they never had acquired Giancarlo Stanton last year. I can almost 100% guarantee that the New York Yankees would have gone all in on Bryce Harper. They apparently don't want to spend a lot of money. They're trying to stay under the, the luxury, luxury tax. tax because they do realize that there is a certain someone who is six foot eight. What about 250, 60 pounds? I think he's closer to 300. I think he was listed he's at 285. A, he's a unit. I think he was listed at 285. Okay. No, it is not Dylan Batansis. It is Aaron Although he's Jones. about that size as well. <laughs> uh, inch, an inch shorter. One inch shorter. There's no, some. I think Batanzas is six nine. I think he's no, the one who's Batanzas slightly taller. No, Batanzas was six seven. He's six seven. And then uh, okay. Judge is six eight. Oh, that's right, because it goes in a row. Six eight seven and six. Yeah. With Stanton. Yeah. All right. And now with the Yankees being out on Mister Bryce Harper, I L A and not the the Angels, even though that would be. F- it'd be more the Dodgers. It'd be more the Dodgers that I could see also, making Bryce, it. Bryce, I don't know if. Bryce is going. Bryce Harper choosing the Anaheim Angels is like and choosing to be second fiddle to the best player in baseball. Yeah, Mike Trout. Yeah. So how I don't, I can't see it happening. Right. I can see more LA, the Dodgers. I can see the Dodgers because it's Hollywood and because they're good. It's a combination. Bryce gets to be a big star in he Hollywood. Is, yeah, he'd be the star. He's the automatic superstar on that team. Offensively, you got Kershaw on the pitching. Yeah, it's still but, kind of see, Kershaw's the thing is, team. Kershaw only pitches one every five days. Or no, no, but that's, will no, no, play I know. Like he, he'll be the face, but you, you yeah. know what I mean. Like they would still, it's still, it's still Kershaw's team, team. But but at the same time, Bryce can go there, and he's going to like. He is a huge draw there. He becomes a big, a big face on a team that's already really good mm-hmm. and has prospects to continue Come. to yeah. be good. And they're going to get back um, one uh, Corey Seager. Oh yeah. So you have him and Seager, in. and you had uh, oh the lefty, the kid. Uh, what's Mike Muncy? No, the the kid uh, Julio Urias. Oh, he was, Urias. He yes. was a pro, a pitching prodigy who had interior capsule surgery. He had a ridiculously rare shoulder surgery that mm-hmm. essentially ends careers. You're not ever supposed to come back from it. He came back from it. Was damn good in the yeah. playoffs. Mm-hmm. So if you can get him back to starting. That team is going to be something. You got Walker Bueller, who really not only did he emerge as a good pitcher, he pretty much kicked the damn door down and tried to steal the team from Clayton Kershaw yeah. and be their best pitcher. And that could we could see that transition this year. Oh yeah, with Kershaw starting to slow down, not being the pitcher he once and, was, obviously because, because of have, age. Because they have so many guys. Yes, you could go maybe six because that would also allow Kershaw to not. Yeah, have a huge workload to not let Bueller have a huge workload to ease Julio Urias back into the into the rotation. Kenta Maeda mm-hmm. has 
had some issues with his elbow, but was really good last year. And then they stuck him in the pen to kind of monitor his innings. And he was also pretty damn good out of the pen. No. That Dodgers team, and then you had Bryce to it? It's probably the most likely of destinations with the Yankees being out on it. Being a little I still see it. the Phillies there. I can still see the Phillies. The Phillies have a lot of money. Their owner came out and said that they're going to spend, and I quote, stupid money. Two things. Philly is whose hometown? Mike Trout. You're going to play in Mike Trout's hometown? And you're going to, because there are going to be people there that are going to put that spotlight on him, especially with Trout, because I bet you in Philly, Mike, I, I probably in Philly, I, I know in Philly that Mike Trout is a god. Because he's Mike Trout, and he's at every... And Eagles, he shows Eagles up to all game. the Eagles games. Okay, And then the second thing is, too, where is the state of California, particularly L.A., close to? Las Vegas. Las Vegas. And that is the home of... Or the state of Nevada. The state of Nevada and Las Vegas. Now, I don't want to Dodger. Hang on a second. Dodger Stadium. Are you <laughs> distance between Dodger Stadium and Vegas? Hold on a second. Why is there? There's another Dodger Stadium in Idaho, in Iowa. You believe that? Uh, I think that's because they have uh, a team down there. I think that's one of their minor league teams. Dodger Stadium too. You know what? I'm just gonna go. I know M- they have Oklahoma City, and it, they might have the Iowa Comets. M G. I know the M- Iowa. Or is it Iowa or Idaho? Did you say? Iowa. Iowa. I think they have the Iowa Comets. The Iowa Commons. It is a short four-hour drive from Dodger Stadium to the MGM Grand. I'm not sure where Bryce Harper lives. I just picked the MGM Close Grand because it's Vegas. I had a buddy that went to school at the Marymount. They used to go to Vegas every once in a while because they was close. And I'm sure that Bryce Harper will have a private plane waiting for him to go to and from Las Vegas if he, and L.A. if he ever needs it to. I know Magic Johnson probably has one. So, Oh, Magic Johnson's got it fueled up ready for Bryce. So You know it. So I can see the Dodgers being the the likeliest of destinations for now, Bryce. We're going to be in a waiting game between two agents, basically in a pissing contest to see who can get more. And you know that Bryce is not signing before Manny Machado. It is not going to happen. Well, unless he gets, like, it depends what deals offered, right? And that's the thing. And, and with Scott Boris isn't going to tell him to turn down. Like, if someone no. goes, here's 10 years, $400 million. Then yeah, that's getting signed. Then he's going to get signed. If a team's crazy enough to give him four hundred million dollars, I don't know any player. I think three fifty is three fifty is an actual. I think that's that's a mark we can. I it, think that might be possible. If it becomes three fifty, I think that is the best of the best in terms of deals you can get. Because if you're giving someone four hundred million dollars, insanity, it's insane. It's half a billion dollars okay. in that deal. That's nuts. Nuts. Imagine what Mike Trout's going to get. Mike Trout's gonna get the keys to a franchise. It's um, here. Be our GM. Here, be your player analysis. Be this. Be this. Since you're gonna be making all this millions of millions upon millions of dollars. But one thing I will give the baseball in their silly season NGM meetings, which are currently going on in Las Vegas, ironically enough. And Bryce is there. And Bryce is there, obviously, meeting with people. The commissioners and Fox. Is it Fox? ESPN. Who else, who else Sunday Night Baseball is it? ESPN. ESPN. I have agreed to switch the times on Sunday Night Baseball from 8 o'clock to 7 o'clock, which is very logical because why are you playing at 8 o'clock and games sometimes take four hours, which means the game's not going to get done till 12. Not the brightest thing. So they've moved into 7. 
Three hours? Game's not at 10. You might get more people watching. You might get more people tuning into games. That's It'll just be earlier. Yeah, and hopefully ESPN repays the Blue Jays for their lost game that they got kind of screwed out on. On oh, Sunday Night Baseball year, yeah. because, you know, they, you know, the Yankees used the power move. You know what? Let's be honest, though. Blue Jays next year. Well, actually, people are going to want to see Vladdy Jr. People are going to want to watch people, Vladdy. Like, he might, they might get a Sunday Night Baseball game just because of Vladdy. Yeah. Who, just so that people can see him. But other than that, like, they're not going to be good next year. Which I know and I expect and I'm completely fine with. I just <laughs> want to see the kids play next year. Lots of kids next year for the Blue Jays. But uh, where Bryce goes... Where Manny Machado goes, who a lot of teams I don't think are going to give $300 million, especially after his hustle comment. He's not Johnny Hustle. He's not Johnny Hustle, which is like. <laughs> that was dumb. That's dumb. You know how to lose money? That's how you lose money. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how you lose money. Mm-hmm. Not the brightest of ideas. No. But we'll see what comes of these winter meetings. I don't think a lot's going to happen in terms of signings. I don't think Bryce and or Manny Machado are going to be signed at all this year. Sorry, not this year. I don't think they're signed even before Christmas. I don't think they signed until 2019. When we come back for our two-week hiatus. We hiatus. saw that last year. That was the first time we really saw like the de- the the delayed free agent market. Yeah. And there and there's been a, and and it's funny thing too about the free agent market is a lot of relievers like were picked up last year very early on. Yep. And this year yeah, because because so it was about time that that started to correct itself. Because guys would have one good year as a reliever, which that happens all the time, by the way, and then sign stupid contracts. Yeah, like just go look at the Colorado Rockies bullpen and look what those guys are getting paid because Colorado did it a lot, and they got someone who's kind of important to sign next year, and they might not have the money to because they got like forty million tied up in relievers. Mm-hmm. That could be an issue. It's probably going to be an issue. And it's starting to correct, though, because now teams are just like, yeah, see this guy? And he was really, really mm-hmm. good. Chances are, guys like not going to repeat like it. Last, like last year, if, if an Andrew Miller was on the, on the free oh, agency. Oh, God, radar, if he was on the market last year. He would have gotten a big deal. So. And even this year, he probably would have gotten a big deal, but the injuries. The injuries slowed him down. And that's why people are kind mm-hmm. of being like, I don't know how much I want to give and how many years I yeah. want to give. But in terms of being a big player, people saying Philly, I'll wait to see Philly be a big player. I don't know if it's going to happen. But you have stranger things. Stranger, stranger things. Uh, Moving on to a little bit of hockey news. Broadcasting hockey news, in fact. Uh, Bob Cole. uh, The GOAT. The GOAT. Oh, baby. I love him. Excuse me. Everything is happening. I love Bob Cole. Ooh. You can't be Canadian and not like Bob. No, like you, you know what I mean. Like you have to like Bob Cole if you're Canadian. He's it's just like he's, it's the thing. He makes you feel warm inside when you're listening. He is hockey. Yeah, he's like, I think about this. like he, I'm a Leaf fan. I grew up with Joe Bowen. You know yeah. who I think of though? Like I think especially playoff hockey. I'm very interested to see because CBC went from it's been it was Foster Hewitt, Bob, yep. Bob Cole, and now. Probably gonna be Craig Simpson. Craig Simpson, and I'm not the biggest. That'd be Craig, my guess, though. I'm not the biggest Craig Simpson fan. Who else? There's really nobody. That's what I mean. Who else? And, and no one's gonna have that type of, just that command of the microphone. Jim Houston, Craig Simpson. Nah, uh, Jim Houston. Jim Houston. Sorry, Craig Simpson is the color. Craig guy. Simpson. Yeah, they're the He's they're the, the color, combo. Yeah. Jim Houston would be the play by play guy, though. 
that would be if it's like I'm thinking yeah. that would be the next one just because that's the only other guy that I can mm-hmm. think of. And it was announced today because uh, Bob Cole hasn't been doing as many games as as he typically does uh, because of well it's, it's his fiftieth year. He's it's it's like the retirement tour. He sort of goes to all the Canadian cities where everybody's heard him do a a play by play of their team, and each team uh, are honoring them. The Edmonton Oilers just gave him a signed jersey, nice framed one with number 50 on it, Bob and Cole on the back, signed by the entire this team. Is, I believe his 50th year. It is his year. 50th year. And what, which is insane. Which is insanity. Because that's 50 years just doing, because like Bob Cole's been doing hockey you th- for. You think. Because he's, what is Bob Cole now, 90? He has to be 90. Which makes me want to say he's got about 70 years worth of sports. Because it, like, Bob if you Cole, listen to Bob Cole. 85. 85 50. years old. So he would have been thirty-five when he took the, when he took over when he became when he first did his first fifty years of play-by-play. So and that so, would have been you know what that probably would have been when uh, he took over for Foster Hewitt. Yeah, because I know he's been doing it because I've just just listening to Bob Cole talk in interviews. He's been doing this since he was like twenty. Yeah, right. So and he and he did a bunch of other sports. Like you gotta understand, he's from Newfoundland. And you might not notice it with the accent, but he's one of the most famous, if not the most famous, Newfoundlander on the planet. Mm-hmm. And he started with like curling, like anything you could imagine. Bob Cole called it. Yeah. And for the longest time, you know, we Foster Hewitt for uh, Canadians fans, Danny Gallivan, uh, Bob Cole now is is the last of of those types of you know. I don't know if um, Jim Hewson. Is that type of guy? Because I listen to him, and I like he's he's good. He's fine. He's good, but he's not Bob Cole good. The di- like Bob Cole though, like I don't know how much of that is like us romanticizing Bob Cole because it was because it's Bob Cole. You know how like if you ask someone ten years younger than us, yeah, who wouldn't have grown up with a lot of Cole, and they would have listened to more Houston than anything, because that would have been when Bob Cole was they were kind of de- yeah. dialing it back. Can I tell you who's that the sports who does the play-by-play, who I love, and I'm so upset he's off the Montreal broadcast, is John Bartlett. Oh, the new uh, the Leafs new guy. Leafs guy. When I saw that, I'm he's like, okay. I was heartbroken. He's fine. He's heartbroken. Yeah, but you know, you know, you know what the issue though? Like, he's fine. There is not. He is so much better than Paul Romanuk. It's <laughs> not even funny because you know what? Nails he might not be. Board. He might not be. I don't know how to put this. He might not, you know what, actually, here's a great way to put it. He might not be, like, sit, like, Connor McDavid. Like, he does stuff and you're like, oh, wow, like, mm-hmm. that is amazing. Like, Bob Cole, when he calls a game, there's the oh, babies, the everything is happening. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that everyone knows, right? And you're waiting for, like, when someone does something crazy, you almost know what mm-hmm. line Bob Cole's going to go to, right? John Bartlett's just, like, kind of smooth, fine. Glass of wine. You know what I mean? It's a nice glass of wine. But, you, but the problem is for Leaf fans is everyone wants Joe Bowen. And to then go from Romanuk, who is terrible, and you're probably thinking you're getting Joe Bowen, to not. As like, And again, I listened to John Bartlett this year, mm-hmm. and I, again, I'm just very happy it's not Paul Romanuk, but he's, he's professional, and he's good. Yeah. He's very good at what he does. But I would still rather have Joe Bowen. I don't know how many more years we're going to get out of Joe Bowen. Joe's getting up there in age. 
He doesn't sound like it. He no. still knows what's going on. The most important thing is he he still gets all the names right. He's still on time with everything. There's yeah. no delay. Yeah. But he's getting up there. And you know what? I'd like him back doing my damn TV. But it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. And he's still on the radio, so I still get to listen to him. You so it's still why good. don't you just sync sync the radio sync the radio up and the TV off? You know, considering where I work here, that I'm here a lot of times, especially on Saturdays. So there's a lot of there's a lot of Joe Bowen that I still get okay. to listen to because okay. I'm either in the car or okay. you know what I mean. I still get a lot of Joe yeah. Bowen. Well, uh, Bob Cole in his final season and his final game, he will call. Almost fitting. So perfect. So perfect that it's going to be this. And, and and honestly, it wouldn't it wouldn't be. It couldn't have been more. It, it, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I know it sounds weird because he's a Habs fan and I'm a Leafs fan. But really, when you think of classic rivalries, this is this is the guy. This I won't is call the it. classic rivalry. Yeah, this is the guy I want calling it. April sixth, and I believe that is the final game for both teams. If I'm not, April sixth sounds like damn. Like yeah, that that sounds like the very end of the season. Gets, actually, it gets close to the season at that point. It the fact that it, it's well, anyways, it's it's the final game of the season that Montreal and Toronto both play. Each other, which will be the fourth time. I'll be at the. I feel like Toronto and Montreal. Have only, they've only played once this year. Yeah, they played the opener. <laughs> yeah, they played the opener, and we haven't seen them since. This is weird because last year all the games were done by this time. Figure, go figure. In February, they play twice. Oh, that's why. There you go. But um, yeah, April sixth, final game of the season, right before the playoffs. Oh man! And who's on? It'll be Bob Cole, and. Whoever they stick beside him, I'm curious to see who they put beside him for the it's final. It's funny game. for the longest time they never stuck anyone beside him. Even recently, they for the longest time well, no, he they did game solo. They have got Gary Galley doing color beside yes. color commentary. I'm saying who they're gonna have doing color commentary with him. No, no, I know, but even for the longest time, he was he was still solo mm-hmm. because he started solo. A lot of those guys, and then when they brought in other guys, yeah. well, there's there's always like uh, John Shannon from. Uh, sports that yeah he he always he, he brings this up jokingly and lovingly because he worked with Bob Cole and obviously Bob Cole is the goat mm-hmm. but he says for color guys that are actually in the booth with him when you're doing a game with Bob Cole you all. get the Heisman because Bob is in the middle of something most of the time yeah. so you don't get time and he's giving you the Heisman and if you don't know what the Heisman is just Google the trophy and you'll just know. take a look. And you'll see exactly what I mean. I will be. Um, I'll be very interested to see on it. I, I will be watching April sixth because um, I'm not watching the game. It's impossible to go to. I'm already going to Montreal <laughs> once to watch Montreal Toronto. I don't know if I'll be there for April sixth, but I'll be happy to be at home to listen to the game, to watch the game, to take in a uh, not just a Canadian sports broadcasting legend, but just a broadcasting legend in general. Oh God, yeah. For sports, for the the game of hockey. For and honestly, a, like, how sad is it that? Bob, like Bob Cole's not going to call hockey games anymore. Yeah, Vin Scully's not calling baseball games oh anymore. God. Those voices, you don't replace those voices, and it's you'll never have voices like that. Unfortunately, in 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 baseball, in hockey, there you have your like you you for you yourself, you have you have Joe Bowen and yeah. and. I have whoever else I li- I listen to everybody. I'm all over the map because I was about to say I you got John Sterling. I have John Sterling and and he's the last of he's least, your Yankees. I guy. don't know if we'll ever see a guy like him again. And oh like, no, you'll never get someone that co- like no, you'll never get that. He co- you're gonna get no more uh, Giancarlo. Yeah, no, she went. <laughs> I was actually trying to think of it. I couldn't remember. So I was hoping you were gonna bail me out because I know you know it. <laughs> he actually, I think he contacted an Italian opera singer. 
so that he could he asked he he asked for help <laughs> in trying to rhyme Giancarlo and Stanton, trying to get everything because Giancarlo <laughs> is really an Italian name. It like, is. It's not really an Italian it name. It is an Italian, Italian name. name. So he went out there. He even spent. He spelt it properly with a G. Yeah, amazing. So we, you know, as the last of his name's <laughs> also Mike. By the way, he just decided one day his name was Giancarlo. Yeah, like it's not a middle name or anything either. He just likes. He the just name. one day he was Giancarlo. But for Bob Cole, for myself and Stephen, and uh, all the kids who have grown up and now are my age and older and whatever. Uh, on April 6th, take a minute and just appreciate. Don't even care about the game. Just listen. Close, yeah. your, close your eyes and just listen to the game and enjoy the moment. I watched an Ottawa Senators game. I can't even remember who they were playing <laughs> because Bob Cole was calling. It was the first one he called this year. Because he's only doing a small handful yeah, this year. And it's his a, last, it's the kind of the he's last He's doing tour. the tour. So the first one he did this season mm-hmm. was a Sens game. And I actually watched it because it's, it's, it's Bob, Bob Cole, Cole damn yeah. it. Like I like I'm not a Dodgers fan. You know how much Dodgers baseball I watched in Vince Scully's last year. Vince Scully's last year. I, I, I saw over a hundred I watched over a hundred Dodgers games because it was the last time I was ever gonna hear Vince Scully. When I hear did you um did, I know we're talking about Bob Cole, but did you see Vince Scully sort of like sign off to the world? Wait, the one this year? From la- like from the end of last year. Oh, when he was singing? Not when he was singing. The he, ju- he just thanked everything. He's thanked everybody for the ride. Yeah, I, like I saw. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like it was so great, so classy. And it like I almost cried. I was like, "What? What is?" I'm like, he just like he gave you all the feels. Yeah. And basically signed off for the rest of his career, thanking everything. Yep. Just the classic. Well, see, the funny thing is that at the very end of that yeah. final game, he actually sang. Which was hilarious. Like the you are the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> which was what a beauty. What <laughs> but a beauty. Vinny's can't sing, but at the same time it was just like, oh you man, know what? I'm gonna miss I this will, man. I will hope that Bob Cole will sing uh yes. the good old hockey game. Oh no, Stomp and Tom, Tom the hockey song. The hockey song. <laughs> One more time as if they can get it and just it, it'll be because they'll be during that broadcast too. You know, there's gonna be a lot of they're gonna play a lot of classic Bob Cole. They're a hundred percent they're gonna play the first O oh Baby ever, which was when Mario deked out everyone. Yeah. That goal where he dekes out every like yeah, literally won. everyone was it the Minnesota Minnesota it was, North Stars? It was the Minnesota North Stars. Yeah, he dangles everyone. That was the first time Bob Cole yeah. had his patented O oh Baby, and it was because Holy shit! Are you seeing what's happening yeah. right now? And then you're gonna, and then you're also gonna get, you know, you're gonna get the O2 gold, the goal. I think it was that Lemieux literally just oh, let's go through. His, yeah, let's go through his legs. Doesn't take oh. it. Let's go. You know, it's gonna be there. The dummy, the Joe the dummy, Sackick. The, oh man, the best. Oh man, the best. Uh, very happy. So many good memories. So many good memories makes it makes me feel it makes the heart oh. the heart feel full. That's what yeah. it does. It makes the heart. That's the thing. Like, just think about like those Bob Cole moments. They're also like great. I've had hockey. Bo- I've moments. got you know I've got I mean? Bob Cole a lot on the on the Habs feeds on Saturday nights because he's been the guy there, and it's been I appreciate it every time when I heard oh, when and then when they go to the Sunday feed and it's it was Paul Romanek. It wasn't the oh. best. I had a uh, it was a tough trans very very tough transition. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, speaking of I tried t- dealing with Paul Romanek for two full years. Yeah. Like the time he said Jacob Chikrin's dad died. <laughs> He didn't. Yeah, not too good. Fucking joke that guy was. Not too good. Uh, speaking of difficult transitions here, it's okay. Whatever. These mics need uh, a little. These boom mics. These boom mics the, need a, the boom oil. arms. The mics are on. Oh. They need a. They need a. Yeah. Speaking of difficult transitions here, 
It's time. I'm angry. Very upset. By the way, we're talking NFL. We have a soundbite coming. I don't have any soundbite. This is that encapsulates this is the angry. This is all raw, Angelo. You only get this once in a while, and you know. I cheer on the Steelers. You know me, very loyal to my team. Steven's putting his feet I'm up. I'm literally, yeah. Like, if, if you heard feet. that little, like, that bang, that was the chair that I'm moving to put my feet up to watch this, hit the desk because, uh, well, take it away, sir. So, you know, Sunday or last week, I'll take you back to last week, last Tuesday, when we recorded this fine podcast that you listen to, that you hopefully subscribe to, which we appreciate. I said that the Pittsburgh Steelers were not only going to win the game, they were going to cover the spread. I was going against everything I've ever done in this fucking football pool that we're in, that I'm in, that Steven has not joined. He didn't do it. He would have been doing it. Probably should have. He would have made some cash. Next year, I mean. Next year, you're in. And I went against everything I've ever done, picking picking against the Steelers. Constantly did it. I've done it for two years. And what did I do? I took the Steelers. Against the Raiders. Against the Raiders. A team that had two wins. Two. The worst defense in the NFL. Traded away Khalil Mack. Probably the, one of the worst receiving cords officially in the NFL. Traded away Amari Cooper. They got an okay quarterback. Yeah. Derek Carr's not bad. Probably the second worst head coach in all of football. That title is reserved for Marv Lewis as the worst head coach in all of football. He had the worst. That The guy who was the worst is also now on Marv's staff. Exactly. Travel to Oakland. The Oakland Alameda Coliseum and Co. The Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. Whatever. Odaco. The worst field in all of... I don't black know. hole to Raiders fans. There was no black hole. The black hole's dead. All right. The black hole is dead. There were more Steeler fans than Raiders fans, which I've never thought I would ever see at an Oakland-Pittsburgh game. Oakland's pissed because their team is leaving. I know. I get it. But yeah, sorry. I understand. I digress. <laughs> now, a couple weeks ago, when the Pittsburgh Steelers played a certain team in a certain game that got flexed out of the Sunday night game to the 1 o'clock game in the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they won, I'm like, hey, maybe Mike Tomlin is done with the Mike Tomlin letdown game. Because you know what Peter King said this year about the Pittsburgh Steelers when he went on his training camp tour of the NFL? The Pittsburgh Steelers were the most button-up team he saw in all of training camp. From Peter King, that's pretty, like, you take it and you're like, wow, it's someone who covers the NFL a lot. Watched that has for, like, most of his life, too. Like, that's someone who would know. And if he says that the Pittsburgh Steelers, of all the teams, are the most buttoned-up team that he's seen, that was saying something. Now, didn't have the best start. Tie, where they fumbled the game away. Lost to probably the, future, the the MVP of the league the next week. And Patrick Mahomes went down to Tampa Bay and beat Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ended like, Fitzmagic. Ended Fitzmagic. They win a couple of games. They go on a nice little win streak. They dominate against Carolina. All without their, what, second? Third best player? All season? Yep. At least second, potentially third. Depends where you want to put Ben. Depends where I put Ben. Ben's the key to the entire offense. You go Ben Brown. Ben Brown Bell. That's how I would put the offense. I can't even necessarily argue too much. 
And then you get a big week off. Mike Tomlin says, we'll see you on Tuesday. Gives them the weekend off. It's been it was a tough week because they played a Sunday game and then had to play a Thursday game against a Carolina team that were coming off that was rolling too. They were on fire coming into that game. They looked like they had won a, a they bunch won of games a, in they, a row. They had even come back against Philadelphia, being seventeen points down. I think it was the the Cam Newton and the Cam Steelers. looked like MVP yeah. Cam again. And Ben and that offense was humming along. And they played Jacksonville. Now we've seen Jacksonville's defense. At times this year, play really good and shut teams down. They shut Tom Brady down. They shut Andrew Luck down last week. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh came out with a victory, and I was like, this looks like a turning point. This looks like Mike Tomlin has figured out you got to take it week by week by week in the NFL because that's what you're supposed to do. You go to Denver, lose a tough game in Denver, picked off in in the red zone. Unfortunately, that's the way it goes. You're in mile high. Denver's a pretty good defense. Look at what they've done to Patrick Mahomes this year when they have played him. Take it with a grain of salt. You play the you play the San Diego Chargers at home. Game you probably should win. San Diego's been good this year. San Diego has been very good. Potentially could have won the division this year. Would need a lot of help to win the said division. We'll get to them in our picks. And you lose to them. And then you travel to Oakland. You've lost two in a row. You are playing the Oakland Raiders. The worst team in the NFL. A team that literally has won two games. And one of them was against Arizona, who's just as bad. And what do you do? You come up and you're winning. You're leading 14 to 10 and a half. I'm like, okay, classic Steelers. They started slow, gave up a touchdown. They got two touchdowns, late touchdown. Juju, incredible fucking catch at the back of the end zone. How? He caught it and tiptoed. Still amazing. And then this mysterious thing happens where Ben Roethlisberger is sitting on the sidelines with a baseball hat on, not a helmet in his hand. And who's got a helmet on? Joshua Dobbs. Okay. Steelers fans haven't seen Joshua Dobbs since the Baltimore game a couple weeks ago. Where he came in, threw one pass, and it was a completion, and Ben came back in the game. Because Ben kind of got sat on a little bit. Got the wind knocked out of him. And Joshua Dobbs, and, and all of Steeler Nation freaking out, what the hell's going on? And for me, I'm like, shit. I'm like, we're not going to win this game because it's Joshua Dobbs at quarterback and not Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger's playing. I know that the Steelers are going to win this game. But Ben Roethlisberger has not won in Oakland ever. And he did it on Sunday. He was taking away a half, basically a quarter. And he comes back in the game. After Derek Carr drove down the field, got a touchdown. All of a sudden, you see Ben walk to the side, walk to get his helmet, and come back on the field. Immediately drive the team down the field and get a touchdown. And you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute. Was he hurt? Why was he held out for an entire quarter? 
Now, if he's held out in the fourth quarter because you have scored three touchdowns in the third quarter, I get it. It's understandable. There's no way that Oakland is going to score three touchdowns on you in 15 minutes. They're the Oakland Raiders. They're not the Patriots. They're not the Chargers. They're not the Saints. They are not the Rams. They're not even the Denver Broncos. With credible quarterbacks, credible head coaches, Denver not so much because he's about to get fired too. And decent defenses. But instead... You choke away a game in a must-win game, nonetheless. Because guess who you have coming to town next week? A team you have not beaten since 2011. The last time the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the New England Patriots, Troy Polamalu Ike Taylor, Ryan Clark, Casey Hampton, James Harrison, Lamar Woodley, James Ferrier, Larry Foote, Brett Kiesel, and Aaron Smith were your defense. Pretty sure Rashard Mendenhall was your running back, and you had Mike Wallace, Heath Miller, a young Mike Pouncey, I believe, and a very young Antonio Brown who scored his first touchdown in that game. Now you ask, Angelo, how do you know all of this? Because I was there for it. That's how long it's been. So Mike Tomlin has fumbled away the Pittsburgh Steelers season. Because guess what? I had a lot of confidence a couple weeks ago. That, hey, you know what? Steelers might lose a game or two here. Two and one. I was looking over the next three games. Now they're officially 0-4 against the AFC West. They lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the Broncos. They lost to the Raiders. And they lost to the Chargers. Now with New England coming to town, and the following week having to play the New Orleans Saints, it's not looking too good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's solely to blame. And I'm sorry. I love Mike Tomlin. Okay? Love Mike Tomlin. I think he's done a great job as head coach. Sorry, I can't even say that. He hasn't done a great job because great job means you've won stuff. He's done a, a good job. 600-plus winning percentage. You've had Ben Roethlisberger. That, that helps a lot. And now, Mike Tomlin, what are your excuses? We gave Ben a shot and it didn't, we got to make sure he was okay. If that's the, it took, what, how long does that, a quarter take? What, about half an hour? This shot took half an hour for it to take effect? Really? 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 No. I don't buy that. There's something fucking fishy in that locker room, and I don't know what it is. And now they got to play the Patriots. And because I've done this whole 10-minute rant here that Steven has enjoyed thoroughly with his feet kicked up and hasn't had to say a word. It's been great. They're going to do the thing where they go and win this fucking game and make me look like the idiot because I'm calling for Mike Tomlin's head at the end of the season. Because if this team misses the playoffs, 
I'm sorry. There's no, there's no reason to bring him back. And I know Pittsburgh that they keep guys through thick and thin. They get Bill Cower through some bad teams. They even kept Chuck Knoll through some bad. Let Chuck Knoll retire a Steeler. They let Mike uh, Bill Cower retire a Steeler. There's a reason why both have never come back to coaching. And I have this feeling that the Steelers are probably not going to do anything. They're just going to stay status fucking quo with Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert and the defensive coordinator who seems to, we, we can't find cornerbacks who can catch. Other teams, they can pick guys in the fifth round. They got guys for four or five years. We draft guys like Artie Burns. Where's Artie? I haven't seen him. Cody Sensible? I haven't seen him. Good thing they got Joe Hayden. They didn't draft him. They let Cleveland draft him. Good thing Cleveland was stupid and traded us to, uh, let him release, and he came to us for nothing. Good thing they got him. They don't got much else. T.J. Watt, he's really good. I like T.J. Watt. I like him a lot. If you can get yourself a, t- if you can get yourself a Watt, you keep him and you hold on to him. <laughs> I want to know who's going to be held responsible at the end of the year if this team does not make the playoffs. But knowing my luck, they're going to fucking win this week. In fact, <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Because <laughs> everybody wants to throw out the fancy, the stats, the 10.5, like they've been 60, it's 60 and 11 road teams with the 10.5 being t- favorite 10.5. And, and I'm like, that's just a fancy Vegas stat. Those are the Vegas guys who are upset throwing that stat out. Teams don't look at threads, I'm sure of it. They look, they look at the opponent. And unfortunately, for Mike Tomlin, again, they lost the game to a bad team. And they've lost to some bad... They've lost to quarterbacks who aren't even in the league anymore. You remember Mike Glennon? Oh, God, he's bad. They lost to Mike Glennon. At oh, home. With the Bears, too. At home. Not even Mike Glennon when he was kind of no, good no. with the Bucks. No, it was Mike Glennon with the Bucks. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers came into Heinz Field and won a game. Ryan Tannehill won a December football game in Heinz Field. Wow. My, my, Ryan Tannehill. Miami Dolphins won in December in, my, uh, in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. And it was snowing. Mike Tomlin has failed his team. Mike Tomlin has failed the franchise. Mike Tomlin is failing the fan base because the Steelers fans are very loyal. Travel very well. And just because I'm upset doesn't mean I'm not a Steelers fan. All right, I'm allowed to be upset. I'm allowed to be frustrated. This is what the av- this avenue gives me the right to vent my frustration. I'm sure Steven at some point will vent his frustration. We might have seen it last week had Nylander not signed. But oh, you would 100 like but, If you wouldn't have signed and wouldn't have got traded, you would 100% would have seen it. But we didn't see it. So Steven gets to save his voice. Excuse me. I burped there a little bit. <laughs> we didn't see it, but Steven gets to see me go on this rant of me flailing my arms around like a crazy person because I'm very upset right now. <laughs> okay? And you know what doesn't help? Is that in the back of my head, I'm like, look, if the Patriots win in Miami, they're probably going to lose coming to Pittsburgh. Now, who's more likely? What's the, the more likely scenario to happen? The Pittsburgh Steelers lose four in a row? Or the New England Patriots lose two road games in a row. Probably the Steelers winning four or losing four in a row. 
Is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, how many times have they lost back-to-back games? You know, probably 2011. They lost, to, they lost to Ben, and I think the following week they lost to Eli. <laughs> think about that. So now, Mike Tomlin, you have to do the impossible. You have to win three games to clinch the division, to clinch a playoff spot, to have a chance at at least having some form of hosting a playoff game. And you got to do it against two offenses. You let Derek Carr throw two deep bombs on you for big plays, and then it resulted in touchdowns. And you don't play particularly very well against the New England Patriots. I don't know what it is. I don't get it. Maybe it's the fact that you don't have anything buttoned the fuck up. And that Belichick somewhat does. They had a little gasp last week against the fucking Dolphins. How many times does that happen? Every year when they go in December. No, no, no. But how many times, really, do you look at the Dolphins? They have one a year. They get one little boo-boo a year. How many times does Mike Tomlin have a boo-boo a year? Every time they play a bad team. Any time they play any team. (laughs) Never mind bad teams. Any team. (laughs) Absolute embarrassing. Deplorable. 53 men on the roster. 15 head coaches or whatever the coaching staff. Maybe minus Mike Munchak because I don't blame him. His offensive line is playing great. And one running back that wears 26 sitting at home. I don't blame him because they were doing perfectly fine. James Conner didn't play last game. He's hurt. Probably not going to play again this week. But you know what? Maybe you should do this thing called run the ball. Have some sort of a run game. Stop trying to throw the ball 50 times a game. Because guess what? If you throw the ball 50 times a game, you're probably going to lose. You know where that starts? The guy who's the head coach. Mike Tomlin, I'm blaming you. You better win this week. Or guess what? Mike McCarthy's going to come take your job. That's what's going to happen. I'm done. I'm tired up. I am oh, so angry. <laughs> you have no idea the feeling of just like. And you know what the best part was? When they had the hook and ladder play on the, on the second last play of the game, I was like, you better get in the end zone because I know Chris Boswell is going to miss this kick. And sure enough, Chris Boswell on the Spider 2 wide banana peel slipped <laughs> and didn't even get to kick the ball. He didn't even kick the ball. Deplorable. Embarrassing. Atrocious. Looking like the fucking New York Knicks are running. Look like the look like the Mets out there. Running all over themselves. Letting bad teams beat you, take advantage of you. Embarrassing. Just like the Mets are about to let the Miami Marlins take advantage of them. Anyways, on to our weekly picks against the spread. I have to do one thing first. Um, since I'm in the angry mood, if I can find it. It's happening. Where is it? What's oh, there it on? is. There it is. I'm gonna. Oh yeah. Fucking Miami. That rip. It's a nice rip. That's Las Vegas. There you go. That's Las Vegas paper. <laughs> Sportsbook paper. Sportsbook paper. The Miami Dolphins officially ended my ticket on their over. I had them on the under, <laughs> winning, uh, losing six and a half, and they won seven. Unfortunately, but you know who did win? Who made my dreams come true? Made me have to go back to Vegas to pick up my monies. 
that I'll probably just put on whoever else I feel like it next year. <laughs> it's just a vicious cycle. They get my money all over again for a full calendar year. The Indianapolis Colts, who did win last week. Uh, and in our weekly picks against the spread, you know how it works here. You've been listening. Uh, me and Steven pick against the spreads in the NFL. It's a little jumbled up this week because we have Thursday games. We got some Saturday games, and we got some Sunday games and a Monday game. All over the field. Because there's no college football anymore, so they got Saturdays back. Both of us last week went eight and eight. I thought I had Steven when the nope. Jacksonville Jaguars lost on Thursday night, and nope. but nope, and still up two games. But guess what? There's three weeks remaining, and then we'll have fun in the playoffs. The playoffs will just be a pick. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say playoffs are different. Playoffs are pick 'em games. Anyways, uh, the Thursday night game, AFC West division battle. Ooh. The eleven and two Kansas City Chiefs, three and a half point favorites at home. Taking on the ten and three, L.A. Chargers. I'm taking the Chiefs. You are taking the Chiefs all day long. I'm taking the Chiefs. The Chiefs are continuing to prove they're ridiculous. Patrick Mahomes. They almost lost him to Lamar Jackson, who couldn't hit water with a football if you asked him in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Hey, throw a ball and hit water. But here's the thing: they won. They continue to win. Patrick Mahomes continues to find ways to win. Also. Remember when I kept saying, hey, the Chargers are different this year and they don't lose these games anymore and they're, you know, it's it's a different... I don't believe that because when I said that, the Chargers went and lost on me, so I don't trust the Chargers to win here. That's why I'm all over the Chiefs. Usually, I would be taking the Chargers in this spot. But the fact that the Chargers played a bad Cincinnati team and almost lost... The fact that they're traveling to Arrowhead to play Kansas City. Kansas City's probably going to win out and lose in the first round of the playoffs. Sorry, second round of the playoffs. Because they're Andy Reid-led, who can't clock manage. And they almost lost to Baltimore. And I don't trust Andy Reid. And I don't trust teams and teams that like to throw the ball all over the yard and then have to, when it starts to get cold and snowy and sleety and rainy. But in this game, I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs Win the division, Kansas City, at this point. The Chargers lose. Move to 10-4. and four. Still a good year for them. Probably going to lose in the first round of the playoffs, too. Because of the Chargers. This is what they do. The New York Jets. Fresh off a win in Buffalo. Beautiful Western oh. New York. 4-9. Six and a half point f- underdogs at home. Taking on the 9-4 and four Houston Texans. Uh, did you say nine and a half point? Six and a half points. Six and a half Sorry, point six. If I, or, okay, so the Texans are favored by six and a half. Yeah. But I'm going to take the Texans because they're coming off a loss. They're going to be pissed. The Jets aren't very good. They just aren't. And the Texans, now granted, they went on that crazy winning streak against a lot of bad teams. But you know what the Jets are? A bad team. You know what the Texans have proved? They could beat the hell out of bad teams. So give me the Texans, and it's not really going to be close because they're going to win and they're going to cover, and they could probably cover a bigger spread. Probably. Uh, I usually trip, typically don't trust the indoor teams going up to play outdoor teams. It's the same thing with the California teams. I really don't trust. Like if Mitchell Trubisky had started on, on – if I knew Mitchell Trubisky when we recorded the podcast on Tuesday was starting, I'd probably pick him. I trust him more than I do Chase Daniels. But when uh, the f- yeah. I, but <laughs> the problem was we thought Chase Daniels was starting. 
And cold weather teams don't necessarily do very well. But the problem is, it's cold weather teams the New York Jets. And they barely beat the Buffalo Bills, who are in a world of trouble, who do need some help. They do have a quarterback, I think. And they do need some offensive line help. They do need a wide receiver. Um, a couple a couple <laughs> wide receivers, a couple offensive linemen. And the defense is pretty good, but they still need a couple of guys still to fill guys. in holes. You always need guys. So uh, for this game, I'm going to take the Houston Texans to win and cover, move to 10-4, and four, uh, make it that much harder on the Patriots to clinch a first-round bye, which is always what you want. You don't want the Patriots <laughs> to get the first-round bye. And uh, we'll move to ten, like I said, ten and four, covered spread, and that's it. The other game on Saturday night, six and seven, Denver Broncos, two and a half point favorites at home, taking on the five and seven one, Cleveland Browns. Oh, I want to pick the Browns so bad, but you said the so Denver's at home. This one's Denver's in at home, mile high, mile high with that defense mm-hmm. playing against big, and I love Baker. But the fits that that Denver defense was able to give Patrick Mahomes, I have a feeling they'll be able to replicate against the Browns. I love Baker. Wake up feeling dangerous all the time because of Baker. (laughs) However, Bradley Chubb was another really good rookie in that class. Just like Baker. And on the other side of him, Vaughn Miller. You know who plays for Cleveland? Miles Garrett. Supposed to be a... And he has been very good, but he was supposed to be like this generational edge rusher. I think Von Miller might want to remind people he's still around. I think Bradley Chubb might want to remind Cleveland why they might have should have taken him at four. Don't get me wrong. Cleveland did the right thing. They already have Miles Garrett, and they got Denzel Ward. But Chubb might be motivated. Might have him motivated Von Miller. And I just think at home... In the cold, at mile high, they're going to be able to get it done. So give me Denver. Have you ever been to the city of Cleveland, Stephen? No, actually, never have. It's ugly. <laughs> it's putrid. <laughs> it's cold. It's not the prettiest. No, they don't have the prettiest women either. Like, <laughs> if I'm you ask me, completely. All right, out of- all right, all right. Mm. Denver's cold. You want to know something? Do you know who I trust in a big spot? Vance Joseph or Greg Williams? Greg Williams over Vance Joseph. <laughs> Anyone really over Vance Joseph. Yeah, meaning you over Vance Joseph. Yeah, probably. Give me the Cleveland Browns. Oh, snap. <laughs> to win and cover this game. Because you want to know something? It would be almost perfect for them to win this game. Move to 6-7-1. and one. Because they've been pretty good without Hugh Jackson. And they'll probably hire Greg Williams as the full-time head coach. That'd be a bad idea. And then they'll be in trouble because they're the Cleveland Browns. Damn. There you go. Bold prediction of the week. Oh, you. I haven't done that in a while. The 5-8 and eight. <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. Not led by Andy Dalton, but Jeff Driscoll. Two and a half point favorites. At home. Taking on a football football team we just talked about. Ah. No, not the Pittsburgh Steelers. The 3-10 Oakland Raiders. I think I'm going to take the Raiders in this. I can't believe I'm taking the Raiders in this. How the Raiders are a plus in this. What did you say, plus 2.5? They're plus 2.5, which means they're the underdog by 2.5. That's what I mean. I don't understand how the Raiders are the (laughs) underdog considering 
the Bengals are missing their starting quarterback. Their defense is atrocious. Joe Mixon is has come back from injury, but he's been banged up. Like, there's not a lot of things going for the Bengals here. Do I think the Raiders are going to win two in a row? I don't like it, but I like the fact that they could win two in a row better than the fact that Cincinnati could win this game. Yeah. Because I don't think Dre- Jeff Driscoll <laughs> is going to do very much. Former Florida quarterback Jeff Driscoll is not going to win this game. I think this might be the first time I do it all year, actually. But I'm taking the Raiders and Chucky. I'm taking the Raiders. That's <laughs> all you need to know. I hate I hate myself oh, for doing it. Do you remember what I talked about man. in my little rant about how the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the second worst coach in the NFL? Yep. In John Gruden. And the first worst. The first head coach is Marv Lewis. This is also a part of the reason why I went with the Raiders. Because you have Marv Lewis and Hugh Jackson together. Have they won actually since you? I think one game, but also Andy Dalton got hurt. Now they're trotting out Jeff Driscoll. Yes, so that's part of the problem. But I'm just saying, Hugh Jackson brings bad with him. He he is the dark cloud. (laughs) He's the dark. He's the rain cloud. You know what's funny? Do you know what's funny? There's also the Hugh Jackson revenge game because he used to coach the the Oakland Raiders. Oh, he was the head coach of the Raiders when Al when Al Davis died. Yep. But guess what? The Oakland Raiders are going to win this game. Derek Carr is going to throw for 350 yards. Whatever. Probably. The 4-9 Jacksonville Jaguars, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Steven's like, who are they taking on? They are taking on the 6-7 and seven Washington Oh, Red that's, Spins. yeah, okay. So let's just write the Jags in each seven-and-a-half-point favorite? Yeah. Minus seven-and-a-half. Even though I know that Cody Kessler is starting this game, you know who's starting on the other side? Josh Johnson. Oh, he's back. It's not. It's not the Sanchez anymore. No, no, the one with Josh they Johnson. They finally got rid of jo- the Sanchez. If somebody was smart enough to pick up Josh Johnson and start him last week, you might have won your first week of fantasy football playoffs. I don't think Josh Johnson is going to do much against the Jags. I think this is you know that the defense that has had some really bad games. I think this is a game where not only can they like they got feeling good last week, the last couple of weeks because they really shut down the Colts the week before. Uh, Josh Johnson, I feel bad for you, sir. You need to get your rest. <laughs> Eat real well. Drink all the milk. You need some strong bones for this one, bud. A long day. Give me the Jags. You know, Andrew Luck did okay against the Jags. He almost got for 250, you know, 250 passing yards. Not bad. He's also quite good. But he's Andrew he Luck. He only threw for 250. And this is Josh Johnson. Exactly. Okay. And this is the Washington Redskins. Exactly. And they stink. Yep. That Alex Smith injury derailed their season. Yep. Absolutely derailed. They haven't won a game since. They're not going to win this game. And I can't believe I'm picking the Jags. But I feel that the Jags' defense can score a touchdown, which means all the offense has to do— I think they do. can score more than one touchdown because yeah. who they're playing. Yeah. And all basically the, the offense has to do is, one, don't turn the ball over, two, maybe get a couple field goals, and let your defense get a touchdown or two, and you've won the game. That's what's going to probably happen. Jags move to 5-9, and nine, and the Washington Redskins are searching for a quarterback next year. Unfortunately, the letdown team of the year, the Minnesota Vikings, six six and one, seven and a half point favorites, at home, taking on the seven and six Miami Dolphins. Oh. You know, this is painful. Because um, as much as I, honest to God, like I would take the fish because of how much 
the Vikings have killed me recently, I can't in good conscience take the fish. The Vikings also fired their offensive coordinator. John Filippo is out. You got to a point before me. Oh, is that what you saw? In the- that's, that's what I was getting to. I just oh, okay. wanted to confirm it. John, John Filippo is out. They're going to have someone else calling the plays. And there's too much talent on that team. And usually when someone like this gets fired, there's also that playing guilty aspect of you just lost someone their job. Happened in Green Bay. And it's the fish. The goddamn dolphins. I got a feeling they're going to be riding pretty high after beating the Pats on that hook and ladder. That's their Super Bowl, actually. And there's going to be a big letdown this week against the Vikings. So the Vikings, you said they were seven and a half point favorites? Seven and a half point favorites for the Vikes. Give me the Vikes. Um, you've kind of illustrated all my points about the Dolphins basically being on the, the high. I was picking against the Dolphins all the way this week once they beat the Patriots because, let's be honest, they won their Super Bowl. Yeah, okay, fine. The playoffs are kind of in reach, but really, are they? The, the Dolphins, do they really like? The, the bad news for, for some Dolphins fans, though, here's a, here's a little stat. Um, the most overrated quarterback, the, the, the quarterback, why he got all that money guaranteed, he's not very good. I've been saying it forever. Kirk Cousins, you know his record against teams above 500? Four in 24. Wow. You, he's basically the Mike Tomlin of quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> against these bad, except against bad teams. He's but the reverse Mike Tomlin. He's the reverse Mike Tomlin. But the problem is here, I can't in good faith pick against the Vikings here. I just think that they're going to come out hungry, willing and able, and they're going to stop Ryan Tannehill and this Dolphins team that had no purpose in business winning the game last week because the Patriots really won that game. The 4-9 Buffalo Bills, two and a half point favorites. In beautiful Western New York, Buffalo taking on the five and eight Detroit Lions. Oh God, they're bad. Oh God, they're bad. Carryon Johnson might come back for this game, but if he does play, he's still not a hundred percent. Clearly, they traded their bet. Their well, maybe arguably their best receiver, maybe their second best receiver, and then the other guy who would be their best, maybe their second best in Marvin Jones, depending on how that argument went for you. Yeah, he got hurt. He's done for the year. That offensive line has had some injuries as of late, and Matt Stafford has no help. That defense is atrocious, and Josh Allen will find ways to do something. They cut Calvin Benjamin, which is actually probably a good thing because someone who actually runs routes will be on the field. Give me the Bills. Taking Bills Mafia all day. All day. It's an outdoor team playing against an indoor team. Beautiful Western New York. Oh, it's December, and in Buffalo, it gets particularly cold. Might be some snow. And might get some snow. We might see pictures on Sunday of an avalanche, like last year around this time. Oh, that because it was, was actually hilarious. around this time. Give me the Bills. Win cover with Josh Allen to beat this deplorable Detroit Red Detroit. <laughs> Same city, different smell, whatever. Both teams suck. Both too. teams suck, so it don't matter. Give me the Buffalo Bills to win cover and move to five and nine. The Baltimore Ravens, seven and six, seven and a half point favorites at home. Take it on the five and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh God, give me the. <laughs> I know Jameis has actually been good since they've reestablished him as the starter. Who's he played? Nobody's. Nobody's. Not nobody. The Ravens defense is good. 
They're very good. And while Lamar Jackson has his issues, they control the clock when he's on the field. Yes, they have to. If they don't have that defense, this if the Ravens don't have the defense that they have, they can't do this. Because it's it's sort of like you can't get down in games. You have to stick well, with Well, they also it's like you lose running backs because Johnson is still fine. Like, mm-hmm. and they have depth where they can Kenneth Dixon. They can kind of roll guys. Yeah, they Alex can just Collins, keep yeah, rolling. They lost running. Alex Collins for the year, so so it's just been let's just run the ball every play, run, 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 and they'll probably run to victory here because yeah, because they'll take the division lead here. Yep, and you said they're seven and a half point seven favorites. and a half point favorites. Uh the seven and six Indianapolis Colts two and a half point favorites at home, taking on the eight and five. Dallas Cowboys. I got to tell you this now, Stephen. We are in what? Week 17, 16? Week 15. Week 15. Week 15. We've gone 15 weeks of pick segments. And not once, Stephen, have I ever picked against the Indianapolis Colts. And if you think that I'm going to start with this week being it, you would be wrong. Taking Andrew Luck, I'm taking the Colts. Frank Wright for off for Coach of the Year, hands down should be Coach of the Year because especially if they win this game, move to eight and six, they're that much closer to being a playoff team. And you want to know a team I might not want to play in the first round of the playoffs? It's this Indianapolis Colts team because they got a decent defense, they have a really good offensive line, and by the way, they have Andrew Luck. Another reason why I would choose the Colts in this game. The Cowboys aren't this good. Thank you. Okay? Dak looks great. Amari Cooper looks like Michael Irvin, the second coming of. Ezekiel Elliott's going, like, running buck wild. Is the Colts defense going to really slow them down all that much? Probably not. Is the Cowboys defense good? Yeah, it is. Is it that good? Not that good, though. Not good enough to completely shut down Andrew Luck. I think he'll do enough to win, and since this is only two and a half points, I feel pretty good about taking the Colts at three points when, you know, if they have a game-winning field goal they have to kick, if that's what it comes down to, Adam Vinatieri is their kicker. The GOAT. So based on all of this, what I look at when I see this is I see a Colts victory. And who had fun running up and down on the field on this team last year? was a guy named Carson Wentz. And who was his quarterback coach? Frank Reich. And who was the coach of the... Frank Reich. Actually, I think Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator because no. DiFilippo was the... No, because remember, Reich, Reich was the last of the... He was the, Remember, he was the emergency. Oh, I guess Di, maybe DiFilippo was the offense. So he was the OC? Oh, and then they went with Reich because he was the emergency, which... How much do you want to bet? Like, how much do you think they're just like, thank God Josh McDaniels left. Thank God he stayed a Patriot. We got Frank Wright. It's the right way with Frank Wright. The Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck, baby. Let it ride. I haven't I haven't picked against them all year. And you think I'm going to start right now? It's fucking <laughs> insanity. Uh, your Atlanta Falcons at 4-9, 8.5 point favorites. What? <laughs> exactly. Take it on, the 3-10. and ten. Arizona. Oh, that's why they're eight and a half. Okay. Okay. That's why. Here's the thing. Do the Cardinals have anybody to cover Calvin Ridley? No. They have one guy that's going to cover Julio and Patrick Peterson. Yes. 
which means Calvin Ridley's going to go absolutely ballistic this year, this seat, this this game. Uh, and maybe Austin Hooper. Yeah. I'm taking the Falcons. This is pretty easy, I think, to take the Falcons here, especially with the Cardinals, because especially if the, the Raiders— eight and a half points is an issue for me, but what I see week to week with the Cardinals is bad, yeah. okay? And you know what? This Falcons season has been bad. But you know who's now back and has played a couple of games? Deion Jones. And what I'm hoping is he's back into the swing of things and the feel of things. Because this defense is terrible. But him by himself can elevate it enough to where they can finish with a little bit of respectability this year. And again, the Cardinals have been bad. So give me the Falcons. Give me the Falcons. Plus, when Oakland wins their 1 o'clock game, well, they're both playing at 1 o'clock, never mind. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are just going to roll over and play dead because now they think they own the the tiebreaker. Oh, so they can finish right. with the first pick. Perfect. <laughs> Everything works out perfectly. Uh, the 5-8 and eight, New York Giants, 2.5-point favorites at home, taking on the 7-6 and six, Tennessee Titans. Oh, this is an interesting one. It's like the Titans... Titans are getting a lot of love on this, eh? That the Giants are the actually Giants favored are in favored this game. At home. Do you think the Giants are good? No. <laughs> I don't even know how they fight. That's wins. what I'm trying to look at this. Like, how are they favored? Like, how? Is that a thing? Like, it's pretty easy to take the Titans here. Because, like, the Titans just have to not lose by a field goal. And I think they're going to win. So. I think they're going to win too. That's the thing. Uh, Bull Tennessee here. I don't understand this. I just don't get it. This is essentially like what this tells me is that they thought it was a pick and then they gave this to they New gave, York because they they're at home. The home. They gave them the home little. I guess the, what? Because it's cold in New York and the Titans are. But Tennessee's are, still a cold, little cold place too. You know what's. Well, it's Nashville. Like it, it's, it's, it's warm. But it, here's, here's the thing. Here's the big thing. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. When you go to run the ball, that's great. You know who's going to suck the tackle if it's cold? Derrick Henry. That's like tackling a transport truck. (laughs) So that's not really fun when it's warm. So imagine when he hits you and you try to tackle him, it hurts because it's cold. It's going to make it that much less fun to do. And the Titans are going to be well-rested because they played last Thursday. Yeah. Uh, give me the Titans to win cover, and uh, they're going to win this game. Never mind. Cover the spread. They're just going to win. Uh, the 9-4, Chicago Bears, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Taking on the 5-7-1, Green Bay Packers. Oh, this is going to be the first time that I do it. After seeing that game. Is it happening? What they did... To the L.A. Rams. Because it wasn't just that they shut down Jared Goff. It was that they shut down potentially the best offensive player in the league in Todd Gurley. And Sean McVay's a really damn good coach when it comes to scheming shit up. Shut him down. Bears going to be feeling themselves? You bet you Bears are going to be feeling themselves. However, remember the first time these two teams played? Aaron Rodgers taking off on the cart at halftime. 
high out of his mind if you've seen the interview where his eyes are all glossed over and you could tell he is so stoned it's not even funny because of all the painkillers they shot him up with and then he took them back to a miracle victory over the Bears Mike McCarthy's gone they won one for the old coach you know got it together or well I guess they won one for Joe Philbin Grandpa Joe I think the Bears are going to do it because I think there's going to be some serious anger and I think they're going to remember what happened. And I think a compromised Aaron Rodgers is going to have to run for his life. Cleo Mack and Keem Hicks are coming. <laughs> and it hurts. I can't believe this is happening. But I'm taking the Bears. It took to week 15 for you to pick Aaron Rodgers. It took till week 15. It took till week 15, an injury that he's playing through, the coach getting oh fired, God. and the Bears to look this good. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to take the Packers. Just because this is like the ultimate, like this is how, if I catch you like this with Aaron Rodgers, not even winning, keeping the game close. I'll be so angry. That's how I get under Steven's skin. Give me the Packers, baby. Come on, Pack. Just keep it close. You don't got to win. I'm not asking to win this game. Field goal. Field goal. Even four points is fine. The three and ten, San Francisco 49ers, five and a half point favorites at home. Take it on. Oh, sorry, underdogs. Okay, I was about to say. Sorry, I, I stopped myself there. I'm like, wait a minute. No, 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 that's not happening. Take it on. The eight and five. Surging. Seattle. Sea. Hawks. Seahawks got this. They're gonna, they gonna dismantle this team. Oh, 100 They're rolling. They're looking good. They're feeling good. They're doing a little bit of everything. And that should have been the game they lost last week. Exactly. And you know what generally happens when teams manage to get past those games? They get right. Mm -hmm. And you know what's a real good team to get right against? The San Francisco 49ers. George Kittle's going to be a He's going to be one of these top... These, oh, he's going to be second-round pick in fantasy. Yeah. He's past Gronk. He is now the guy. He's past Ertz yeah. at this point. He's, um, he's, he's the guy. I can't wait to see next year when they have Jimmy Garoppolo healthy and right and what else they add to this team because this is... it's it, He's unbelievable. They he won't be able to do enough. Sorry against the Seattle Seahawks team though. Russell Wilson did not have his best game of the season. In fact, this was probably his worst game against the season against the Vikings, especially at home, where you typically would expect Russell Wilson to play well, and they won the game. And I believe that they're going to win this game. Keep rolling. Move to nine and five. Make themselves one of those teams in the playoffs you might not want to play because they're pretty freaking dangerous. The last of the four o'clock games. The 9-4 New England Patriots travel to Pittsburgh to take on the 7-5-1 Pittsburgh Steelers. The New England Patriots are one and a half point underdogs. <laughs> Where are you going here, Ange? Going with you the go happiness first. hedge? I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first. Going with the happiness hedge? You know I'm going with the happiness hedge. I have to. I got burned by it last week. I almost want to pick the Steelers because if I won on this one, it would feel good. But I'm not going to. I'm going to take the Pats. Because I don't know if we talked about this on air or if this is something we talked about beforehand about what was more likely. Oh, this was I talked about about 20 minutes ago. Okay. What 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 do you think is more likely? This is part of your rant. Patriots lose two in a row on the road and the Steelers lose four in a row. Period. Straight up, four in a row. Against all AFC teams, by the way. 
That's what would end up happening. I think there's a better chance of that happening than the Steelers losing twice. Also, the Patriots losing twice. The Patriots losing twice. Also, I don't know what happened with Joshua Dobbs. I don't know what's going on. Aaron Rodgers played high out of his mind. I don't know what they did with Ben. I've seen Ben in some bad situations. I've seen Ben play with a sprained ankle. Sprained ankle. That's no big deal. Broken I saw Ben nose. play against I saw Ben play against the Bengals with no intact ligaments in his throwing shoulder. Okay? Big Ben can play through some shit. I know. I've seen it. I've been seeing him for a long so, time. I don't know what happened. I don't know what went on. Also, Patriots lost the Dolphins again. Before they play the Steelers again for a second year in a row. God damn it. You think Tom's going to be happy? You think Bill's going to be happy? You think anyone in Massachusetts was happy? They're still stuck to their TVs. They can't get up. There's going to be a bit of anger here. There's going to be something to prove. And the Patriots in games like that generally do pretty well. That's why they're the Patriots. Taking New England. You know I'm taking New England with the happiness hedge. Because you didn't once. Because I didn't once. <laughs> and I got absolutely burned by the worst fucking football team. The second worst football team with the second worst head coach in all of football. I'm taking the Patriots. I don't like it. I hate it. It bothers my soul. <laughs> the Steelers haven't beaten the Patriots in God knows how many friggin' years. But the Steelers win this game. Uh, the 11 and 2. I can't even say it fast enough. The 11 and 2. LA Rams. Eight and a half point favorites at home. Taking on the 6 and 7. Philadelphia Eagles. The Rams lost last week. They did. Didn't look too particularly in, good, actually. In, I was going to say, in particularly embarrassing fashion. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have not looked good this year. No. The Eagles are going to continue to have lots of injuries in the secondary. Well, the Eagles last week looked. Pretty good, but in a division game and the way they lost, especially because they really had it. They really had the Cowboys down for the count, and they didn't finish them. They didn't. St- they didn't put their foot on the throat and let them die. And, and you know who's gonna want another chance at that? I think it's Sean McVay, and he's kind of proved he's got a little bit of Sean Payton in him too, where he doesn't really feel bad when he puts up forty points on you and is beating you by like thirty-five points. He's going to continue to pour it on. Now, he might take out some of his starters, but it doesn't mean he's not going to call plays down the field. I hope he takes out his starters in the fourth quarter when they're up, not in the third quarter when they're only leading by four points. There's only one guy that did that. I don't know why, but he did. Nobody knows. I think the Rams are going to win, and I think the Rams are going to cover, and I think this is going to be a statement of, we might have tripped a little bit the week before, but this is going to be the whole, there's a reason we should be the number one seed, and this would be it. Yeah. And I think they're going to make an example of the Philadelphia Eagles. I also might have Todd Gurley in fantasy and kind of hoping that this is a thing that does happen. So give me the Rams. Uh, for the Rams, and for Jared Goff in particular, he has not looked very good in his last few starts. 
Not at all. He had four interceptions on Sunday night against the the Bears. Now the Bears are a very, very good defense, probably the best defense in all of football, but you throw four turnovers and you lose the way you did in a tight game like that, you can't do that. And who's coming to town? A team with a banged-up secondary. And I mean banged-up. They have a lot of injuries on that secondary. And what would be particularly right to get yourself right before the playoffs? Is have a game against a bad secondary, get your confidence back, get back rolling, and everything else. And also do it in L.A. and, and out of the cold. And do it in L.A., out of the cold. It'll be a de facto Eagles game anyway because Eagles fans are going to travel and help sell that stadium out, make it 100,000 people because really, the still, no matter what, at, it's an NFL town. It's not a Rams town yet in L.A. Mm, they're pretty much a Rams town. They're get, they, they'll get there one day, maybe with a championship because you know L.A. only likes champions. They don't care about they don't care about really good. They just care about greatness. So give me the Rams, win, cover, and destroy the Eagles. Sorry, Eagles fans. Just not your year. The 6-7, and seven, Carolina Panthers with Riverboat. Ron Rivera is probably on the hot seat, and it's getting increasingly hot with a blowtorch. Six-and-a-half-point favorite underdogs at home. Take it on the eleven and two, New Orleans Saints. As Stephen goes to write the New Orleans Saints. Yes, even what was, though it was the uh, six and a half. Six and a half. And although this is a division game, and typically division games are very tight, here's the thing: Carolina has not looked very good after getting their butts stomped out by the Pittsburgh Steelers. In fact, in a, in a virtual free fall can't catch anything to hold themselves from continuing to fall, and they're going to continue to fall. Cam Newton might have a good game, but it probably won't be enough against the Saints team, who I would hope in a game like this, run and run and run and run. They've and had some outside, issues running the football. But figure out They've the had run. some issues throwing the football. Time I guess this is a theme, talking about get-right games. It's a get-right game. Talking about Sean Payton. We were talking about Sean McVay having a little bit of Sean Payton in him. Sean Payton is going to try to eviscerate this Panthers team. Mm -hmm. It's pretty safe to say. Definitely taking the Saints. Yeah, I will be taking the Saints here too. It's probably the no-brainer of the week. Carolina Panthers are in virtual free fall. And they cannot catch themselves. But anyway, that's it for this week's episode. Play a little Tom Petty? No. no, no, no. <laughs> a little free falling? No, 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 no. <laughs> Not yet. No. <laughs> but anyways, uh, this is the Last Word Podcast. If uh, wherever you are listening, either on uh, Apple, Spotify, Podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Anchor, wherever you get your podcast and you're listening, we appreciate you. Subscribe. Hit that five star. We do these weekly. We have a little bit of fun. We get a little angry sometimes. We've <laughs> been holding it in. That was a hold-in moment. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Hi, I'm Angelo Lippa. I'm Steve Artabello. And until next week's episode, have a great one. See ya. Hey, saw you last night, but did it all day. Yeah, a lot of murk caught me in a hallway. Got a sticky and I keep it at my dog's place. Girl, I left you loving magic, not saw shade. Still going bad on you anyway. Whoa, I can feel like 80 rats in my Marys. Me and Drizzy back to back is getting scary. If you fucking with my eyes.